Hey, Redline Radio listeners, you can find us every Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Shall I take your order, or do you need a minute? Ah, yes, I'll be ready. Just buying a car on Carvana. What? It's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do was answer a few questions. What? That's handy. Yeah. Now I'm customizing my down and monthly payments. What? That's an exquisite deal. And just like that, Carvana's delivering my car in a couple days. What? Oh, yeah. Uh, sorry. I'll have the burrito. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Delivery fees may apply. Hey, how you doing? Tony Wisinski, official editor of the podcast, and I think I see him. Is that Frank? All I can see is red right now, but I think that's Frankie Bergasetti. I am here. How you doing, Frankie? Hey, how you doing? I'm doing okay. I got a, a, a collection of rings. I know the Bulls look good this year. We're talking about championship rings. I got some rings from Miller Lite. Great tasting. Let's feel like 96-calorie beer. I know you're very excited to talk about. Absolutely. Miller Lite is the perfect beer for uh, the bar, the tailgate, the couch, anywhere you're with your friends. Gathering with friends that makes being yourself and making memories easy as cracking open a beer. It's great, Miller Lite. Mm-hmm. It's worth celebrating, guys. Celebrate the return of Miller Lite moments. Uh, Miller Time Moments over football. Miller Lite created the Miller Timeless Collection, a collection of six stunning rings set in solid 10-karat gold featuring a microchip inside each ring. This chip can detect when all six rings are together. Enjoy Miller Time and football and unlock free Miller Lite. There's only one six-pack of the ring in existence. Will you be the one to win them for your group, Frankie? Ah, possibly. I hope so. Certainly. I mean, free Miller Lite for a year, that's a good deal. Mm-hmm. And you do look good in jewelry. Uh, no purchase necessary. Must be legally drinking age in the United States. For more information on how to enter in contest requirements, visit MillerTimelessCollection.com. MillerTimelessCollection.com. Look at that beautiful ring. Can you zoom in on that right above Chief, mm-hmm. right above the beef kit? That's a beautiful, beautiful. Are we zooming in? Mm. Are we? We're, thank God we're zoom? zooming. Look at that zoom. Look at that beautiful look, ring. Look Go do it. MillerTimelessCollection.com. Drink Miller Lite. Be happy. Don't impress nobody. Have good times. You're on a Zoom call? Hey, how you doing? <laughs> good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Chicago sports fans. This is Barstool Carl. And White Sox Dave. Chief. Eddie. And this is Redline Radio and All Gas, No Breaks. Chicago Sports Podcast brought to you by Miller Lite and brought to you by Barstool Sports. Chicago and uh, and off the top, I suppose, Ed, Dave, Chief, we, we typically, as Redline has gotten in two episodes, we have been having some fun light Witty banter off the top. I don't think we have a place for that today. Unfortunately, no. Chief, the floor is yours. Yeah, uh, Stan Bowman's out. Al McIsaac out. Uh, Dan, the the re- investigation was concluded today. Danny Wirtz and uh, and his dad Rocky got up there. I don't think Rocky said anything, but he sat there as you know he's still technically the chairman. But clearly, like this is Danny's team. Uh, the findings were that you know there was wrongdoing and negligence. I would guess you would say uh, by the. Blackhawks back in 2010 regarding this situation and with Paul Vincent and Brad Aldrich and, and you know John Doe, the, the guys who were black aces on that team in the cup run. Uh, they didn't do enough, and the Blackhawks uh, had Step Bowman step aside. I guess he participated in the investigation well. It, it's like it's a weird situation because it's not like a day to celebrate, even though I am happy he's out, but I wish he was out just based on like on-ice stuff as opposed to uh, – as opposed to the office because the office stuff it, it's ugly like yeah i think people have been following this case that have read about what happened and witness testimony and and what happened to those the, the high school kids in michigan and the and the, the people at may of ohio and obviously you know the, the former blackhawks players like it's really it's really really disturbing and fucked up that anybody could hear that and not be like we have to go to the police so uh, I think you know as as the full report gets released later this afternoon, uh, we'll you know I'm sure there'll be more incriminating details. But as of right now, Stan Bowman's out, Al McIsaac are out. Those are the only two guys that were really with hockey operations that are, uh, back then that are still with the team now. And uh, Kyle Davidson has been named the interim uh, general manager for the rest of the year, and we'll see how it goes. But it's it's like it's the result that I wanted. Uh, but not the way that I wanted it. So it's, you know, people are saying, like, I'm getting, like, congratulations tax. Like, no, uh, it doesn't feel like a day for congratulations. There's no, like, we have champagne in the office. There's no reason to pop it. Um, so it's it, it's a shitty, shitty situation. I am glad the Wirtz family um, did that investigation the right way. They hired a big-time legal firm who had experience uh, dealing with cases like this, and they, 
you know, didn't give them any restrictions. So they I felt like they were forthright and honest about it. And apparently they're clean. Uh, but there's, you know, there's more to come with this investigation and we'll see how it shakes out. But it's uh, it's a weird it's a weird day because it's like you want to celebrate, but not really. And uh, you're happy with the result, but you're disgusted with what happened. So it's it's just it's it's I don't really quite know how to feel, but everybody who was involved back then is no longer with the organization. It's almost like uh, in terms of being a fan and maybe a member of the organization, it's a day to turn over a new leaf. But I don't know if that makes the victims feel any better that these guys are out. Probably not. Doesn't undo what happened or undo the response that happened to it over the last 10 years. So it's kind of it's a fucked up day. It's a fucked up story, fucked up situation. Um, and it's it's a it's a it's a it's a good day and a bad day all kind of rolled in together. Uh, so I hope that the victims feel at least maybe a sliver of justice about this. But probably I, I would say probably I don't want to speak for them, but it's uh, it's it's a it's an ugly ugly story, and and it's just it's the it's the right result with the wrong way, and it's it sucks. I guess that's all there is to say about it. And to be clear, um, we're recording right after the news yeah. went out. You have not it's, read the 107-page report yet. I, I just saw that up. it's live. Yeah, it is live um, now. So yeah, so I'm sure you'll have time to read it tonight, and yep. it'll be in the Thursday episode. Yeah, it's probably, hopefully, it's in a in a spot on Thursday to have like really good observations from the report and everything. But it is important when we sit down and record this because, you know, Chief, for as long as I've been podcasting with you. I would say your um, – it, it's not like a relationship with Stan Bowen, but he has definitely been – He's a foil. He's been the bane of your existence. Yes. And he's – almost to a sense where he's held you back, I feel like, from enjoying the thing you love most, where you're like, well, fucking – like, this is public yeah. n- enemy number one for you. Mm-hmm. But that's on a hockey side. Right. And I totally resonate with where you're coming from. Like, you want to celebrate this. But this is such a fucked up story. Yeah. Yeah, and the the other thing that's weird is that, you know, this story kind of came to light in the spring, you know, with the lawsuits, and it was, you know, the Blackhawks PR team, like, kind of raced to dismiss it, like, mm-hmm. this, lacks, this lacks merit, and it's like, wait, what? And then more things came out, it's like, oh, well, I get, and they were getting a lot of heat, so it's like, well, we better do this investigation, and then these are the results of the investigation. But if you had done this, would, uh, the only thing I would say is maybe the time, timeliness of it would be my one criticism. Uh, because if if this came to light in May and you start the investigation then, maybe you get things done in time. So if you have to make changes, it's not mid-season. It's in the off-season where you can have a new regime kind of come in and, and make uh, changes to the, the hockey ops department without, like, this hanging over your head. Uh, I guess that might be the only criticism of how this was handled, at least from the, the Wirtz perspective. Uh, but yeah, no, it, holding holding me back personally. I mean, he did, he did come in here and do the interview, which I appreciated. Our old shitty office. Um, but yeah, like the team stinks, and and it's it's the future is not particularly bright. Um, so I don't know. And what does this mean for now for Jeremy Colleton? Like his biggest champion was always Stan Bowman. The reports were like, hey, if if Colleton's going to get fired, it's going to come from Stan. And it's like well, Stan's never going to – or it's going to have to come from Danny, rather, because Stan's never going to do it. Well, now now Stan is out. Kyle Davidson is in. I've been told that Kyle Davidson is more like-minded with uh, Norm McIver, who has been completely iced out by the Blackhawks, and then Norm was demoted uh, with this, this past summer after Stan got his promotion. And he said basically, fuck you, and left and got hired in one day to be the uh, assistant general manager to Ron Francis with Seattle. Uh, so, uh, if Kyle Davidson is, I, I like the fact that I'm hearing that, that he's more in line with and more in lockstep with Norm McIver. Cause anybody you talk to with any knowledge of how that organization is, where the hockey ops department is run, always cited as Norm as being like, yeah, he's not a stand guy. Like there's a reason why he's iced out. It's because he's the, like the voice of dissent. So if Kyle Davidson comes from that tree, it makes me feel a little bit better in the interim, but I don't know that he has any real hope or I don't know I don't know what they're thinking about him long term but he is the interim guy right now and it's it's fucked up it's fucked up Uh, I wish it was just for hockey things because I would be in a much more jovial mood this is you you can't ignore you can't be happy knowing like what the situation is it's super super fucked up so 
Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I hope that this is a new leaf in, in terms of the way the organization is run. I think that, you know, I, there's reports out there, uh, that had a witness say that this was ultimately John McDonough's decision on how to handle the Brad Aldrich situation. Uh, they, the, the lawyer said in his opening statement that they presented Aldrich with the opportunity to either maintain his, uh, position with the Blackhawks and go through an invet or, or go through an investigation or, and go through an investigation or resign. And he chose to resign. And then the Blackhawks didn't investigate. Like, it seems like they probably should have just investigated 10 years ago. And that ultimately, that decision was with John McDonough, who's also been fired. So I don't know what will happen with him. Civil suits, I, I have no idea. But, um, but it's yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be – I'm, I'm eager to get into like the, this report and read through it. I can't believe I'm going to read through 107 pages of this fucking thing, but I guess I will. And, uh, and yeah, so that's, that's where it is. It's, it's a bad day. Um, and hopefully that this is just like a dark day first step forward. I watched the, uh, the presser with you mm-hmm. and I came away feeling fucking grossed out by it. I thought it was brutal. So here's the statement from Stan Bowman. I guess we can read this live. This is the first time seeing it since joining the Blackhawks in 2000. I've been extremely grateful for the opportunities presented to me and proud of our accomplishments. This organization, uh, beginning with the Wirtz family has been, extraordinarily good to me my family uh that is why today after discussions with rocky and danny i have decided to step aside the team needs to focus on its future and my continued participation would be a distraction i think too much of this organization to let that happen 11 years ago while serving my first year as general manager i was made aware of potential inappropriate behavior by then video coach involving a player i promptly reported the matter to then president and ceo which would be john mcdonough who committed to handling the matter. I learned this year that may, that the inappropriate behavior involved a serious allegation of sexual assault. I relied on the direction of my superior that he would take appropriate action. Looking back now, knowing he did not handle the matter promptly, I regret assuming he would do so. So he threw John McDonough under the bus hard. I am confident that this organization and the Wirtz family will continue to do what it takes to win championships with integrity and with the goal of doing what is right, I'm deeply grateful to the Blackhawks for the chance to manage the team, to the players for their dedication, and to the fans for their tremendous support over the years. It has been an honor to be a part of this incredible organization and to serve the best fans in hockey in the greatest city in the world. I will always cherish my time with the Chicago Blackhawks on behalf of myself and my family. Thank you. Awful. So, um, yeah. I, I mean, he didn't even fake Saying he's sorry to the victim or victims, plural. Like, didn't even fake it. Just sucked the fucking dick of all the fans in the Blackhawks. Oh, thing. Like, what an awful response. Horrific. I mean, he threw John McDonough on the Oh, hard. That too, of yeah. course. Yeah. Um, but that's like, it's such a serious thing. And it'd be like, hey, John, uh, just following up on that thing with the sexual assault of yeah. one of our players. Where are we on and, that? And, and, I don't know the exact timeline. This is 2010. This is right in the heart of the Jerry Sandusky thing when, like, you can use that as an example to never, ever, ever let something like this just kind of brush it under the table, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's 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 really fucking bad. It's, it's really, really fucking, fucking bad. bad. So. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I will be reading that full investigation and I'm not like, I'm not through, like, I think every, my prediction was that Al would be thrown under the bus and that John would be thrown under the bus. And I wasn't sure about Stan, uh, but Stan, you know, somehow he's involved, but he's taking the high road. Uh, you know, I wasn't there, so I don't know, but it just seems like if you know, you, it, and then you have Paul Vincent, who was the main whistleblower on this thing, who was the uh, he was basically a skills coach back then, focusing on skating. And Paul Vincent used to be a, a police officer in Boston, for those who don't know. Uh, so he has experience uh, with this sort of thing, which is why he escalated. And then he was and then he was out. He was out immediately after 2010, uh, no longer employed by the team. So uh, so credit to Paul Vincent for doing the right thing right away. And uh, everybody else left kind of holding the bag and put the victim's priorities last, uh, seemingly. And uh, here we are 11 years later after the fact, uh, still cleaning up the mess. So, uh, we'll, you know, it's quite the statement from Stan. Um, but 
I don't know. What are you going to do? It might just be one of the, one of those things you say. I don't know. Yeah, it's a trash statement. It really is. It's like, bad. I mean, it's bad. It's a bad. Very, it's very, a bad. Very, it's a bad statement. The second, um, the, yeah, the whole thing about he was pointing fingers instead of pointing thumbs. There, yeah. I mean, he. It's still, it's still no accountability. And I think you know, while he lost his job, and I don't know, he's also the general manager for USA Hockey. I wonder if this will cost him his job there. It's got. He's it, done. I would say he's it done. would probably have to, because especially because like we just went through this with the gymnastics uh, yep. team with you know US, U.S. Olympic Committee. Uh, so obviously, USA Hockey is separate from you know the standard uh, U.S. Olympics, but also they're in contact, and and it's it's like you can't have him do that job too. Uh, so I would assume he's out there and. Yeah, I don't know. It's I wish I wish I could be like stand on the table and celebrating, but it's just that wouldn't be appropriate or or it's not even how I feel. So it's just a fucked up situation. I do hate that statement. The more I read it here, it's like Jesus fucking Christ. So, um, but yeah, I mean, we had Ryan Whitney on here to talk more about uh, um, the people are blowing me up. People, uh, we had Ryan Whitney to talk about the on ice product, and that when we did the interview, this news hadn't broken yet uh, but if we want to talk to him or get him going um you know i feel like we, we've kind of covered here what we're doing with uh stan bowman i just think it's important to have a word real quick about our friends over at chevy drive chicago i would agree though I because agree. when you're gonna get launched on the shuffle of sports news in chicago it's not all positive stuff a lot yep. of stuff's going on weather's changing you might just get caught up and lose track of the site that you want to get your car serviced before the the winter really hits you have to. You have to. And if you go to ChevyDriveChicago.com to find your local dealer, that's where you're going to get all those services. you got to get your tires rotated. you gotta have your, you got to have safe brakes. you got to get your brakes checked. Uh, all of the maintenance that I don't even know what the words are. That's I don't even know what the maintenance is. Mm-hmm. That's why you got to take it into people that you can trust. We trust Chevy Drive Chicago. They'll get your car humming the right way, get you through fall and winter. There's something to be said about somebody who keeps tight brakes yep. that has an oil change schedule. Um, that's committed to properly rotated tires. Head to ChevyDriveChicago.com to find your local dealer. That's ChevyDriveChicago.com to find your local dealer today. ChevyDriveChicago.com. Yeah. Ryan Ryan Whitney. Ryan Whitney. What do you have to say about him, Dave? He's a fucking – he's a low life. (laughs) That's a little harsh. We love Whit. He said he might come back out here in February. Uh, so we're happy to have him on Zoom. Credit to him for doing it. Uh, so, yeah, uh, with all that's it, right? Let's go to Ryan Whitney. You want to give us a wish? Whoosh. All right, we're in the interview portion of today's show. We got uh, Ryan Whitney from Spittin' Chicklets, the number one hockey podcast. Everybody knows who you guys are at this point. I needed somebody on from outside Chicago to maybe talk me off a ledge or give me some insight of what's going on with the Blackhawks. So we went with Whit. Whit, how you doing? Talk you off a ledge, all three of you guys. You stink. I know, <laughs> I know. Walk you, walk you off a ledge. I remember coming to the old office, the old ghetto office, and sitting there and telling you how much I love Chicago and the team. You guys are pathetic. You're losers. I, I just, it's happened so quick that I'm shocked. And Dave, you're the biggest loser of them all because you told me to bet the, the White Sox. I asked you three times this year. Yeah. Old, I knew this was going to come three. up. All three guaranteed wins. They lost all three. He would text me just motherfucking me. I'm like, what? Like I, but this has nothing to do with me. I got, I got one question for you right off the bat, Whitney. Yep. Why are you such a cocksucker? <laughs> Pardon? Yeah. See, he's speechless. Ryan. Pardon? Back to the hockey talk. This no, guys, I don't Ryan. know. It's. I almost wanted to, to to text you and see if we should do it after because I know this news is breaking and out yeah. with what they found with the private investigation. But the whole Hawks team, dude, it sucks because I love the Hawks. I love the arena. I love going to games. I love when they're good. And now it's like I don't I don't think they'll ever be good again. I said on Chicklets it could be heading towards the days of when I first got into the NHL and there were six thousand people there. Yeah, I mean, I it's was bad. one of the I was one of those six thousand, and it sucked. Like I was in. Oh, college. you were there that early, huh? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, we would take the train awesome. down from from school from college, yeah. and get in for four bucks. Yeah, it was eight dollars, and then you'd have a student ID is fifty percent off. It was four dollars to get in. It was great, and then so you buy the cheapest ticket, and then after the first period, you walk down and sit on the glass. It was awesome, but the team was trash. 
And yeah, you're right. Like they're going out. The, the sellout streak ended. They had this statement about how great it is because now there's tickets available for new fans. Like fuck off. Um, but yeah, I guess like you know, the, uh, rock bottom felt like the Detroit game the other night. I know you guys were uh, you know biz was chirping them. You were on them. What do you make of um, the whole Colleton passing the dry erase board over as a guy who played the game for a long time? Have you seen that before? No, I actually hadn't. Biz said he had, I believe. Now, for the most part in my career, it was um, the assistant coaches. There'd be, you know, usually the power play coach would be drawing up the the play when you're you're up a man trying to tie the game up, and the, and the PK coach would kind of be drawing the play for defense when you're trying to hold a lead. And to see it, the board handed over. Now, I don't know if if a guy maybe had an idea, maybe. Taves is sitting there. I don't remember right off my head who was on the ice, but if somebody says, oh, what about this? And he says, all right, well, show me. That's one thing. Or a guy's like, give me the board. You don't know what you're talking about, which I find that very hard to believe. But either either way, it's an odd scenario to see that a, a coach handing the board off to a player because I think you read more into it because of how pathetic they are right. and how bad they look. But it's just one thing where the the coach, coaching staff gets questioned over and over there. And I actually don't even blame Colleton. Like, I know you want him fired. I know every Hawks fan wants him fired. I I, I look above, and I, I like Stan Bowman personally, but he's done a piss-poor job there. And in the end, it's like, you fire the coach. I don't think much is going to change. I really don't. Yeah, I, I guess. I don't know. I, 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 look I, at, I Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I, I look at it as like, well, it can't get any worse. You know, if you if you make yeah. a coaching change, they're zero and six. They haven't had a lead for one second all year. Like that seems impossible. How can you play three hundred and sixty minutes plus an overtime and not have a lead for one second? And it's not like they're the worst roster ever assembled. They, you know, they're not. No one. I don't think anybody, including myself, I liked the moves this summer. I liked them on paper. I thought they'd be in the mix for a wild card. Clearly, I was off on that. But I guess I don't know. It seems like. We've been doing this for a long time. Bowman's been there for over 10 years. This is Carlton's fourth season. Nothing seems to get better. So, like, would a coaching change? I don't, and, again, I don't have an axe to grind with Carlton. I don't care what system you play as long as you fucking win. And they're not, But they're just not winning, and they haven't. And I thought this year with a full training camp, Taves and Doc healthy, uh, a revamped defense, flurry and net. Like this is his first real chance and it's worse than ever. So that's kind of where I am with like, I think they just need a change. I wouldn't surprise me if, if uh, he went on to be like a Paul Maurice where he got a job young and got to gets another job. And he's like a likable guy on some levels. They just can't win. And I think you're right. I think if they're, if they're three and three and he passes a board over, it's a non-story, but it's because they're terrible. And yeah, and the the craziest thing if you're a Hawks fan is that you traded away this year's first rounder. And now, granted, I think it's one and two protected. Yeah. But three, somehow the Hawks end up with the third overall pick this year, which realistically could happen. For sure. And looking at this team, yeah, they'll get better and they'll end up going on a little bit of a run where they win three and four, four and five. But they could finish in the fucking bottom five of the league. They stink. And Flurry, like, I think Flurry's, if. You know, Vegas has a sick team D. I'm not taking anything away from his best in the season, but he is a little older, and, mm-hmm. and it's a circus in his own zone. So you can't really expect a goalie to come in from a system where you're so confident and you never, ever really have guys out of position and giving up odd man rushes every other shift. So it's hard to goaltend like that. I think he, he'll he be better, but Seth Jones is what I question because I, I, I'm not into analytics. I'm not against analytics. I think you have to use some of them – use some of them in, in determining contracts and players values and along with the eye test i'm kind of a bit a little bit of both i don't know anything so i don't understand what he does that all these analytics people hate so much i watch him play he's a big guy logs a lot of minutes i know he's got four points in six games or whatever and maybe there's some cheap second assist in there i haven't seen every second but in your opinion i don't even understand why everyone hates him so much does he look that bad no i mean it's one of those things where people i think people like things that are simple and there was that guy, uh, Jay Fresh something. He's like an internet analytics guy. And he put out this chart. And it was just like Seth Jones. Like his chart says that Seth Jones is like a bottom five defenseman in the whole NHL. So yeah, that, it's crazy. I mean, it's crazy. So I see a guy that moves well. Um, I He had a rough game against Colorado like everybody else. And a rough game against Pittsburgh. The other games, you could argue he was one of their best players. So I don't, I don't know. 
you know, is he worth nine and a half million every year? I don't, I don't know about that necessarily, but to me, he looks like a number one defenseman still. It, it's just, it's hard to have good analytics on a terrible fucking team. And it, I really think it's hard for analytics and hockey in, in general to isolate one player because everything is so fluid and there are so many variables and when you start your shift, where do they start, start the shift? Who are you playing with this and that playing against? Are they in the last 10 seconds of their shift when you get on the ice? Like all that kind of shit. It's hard to like, be like, it's not baseball. Everyone tries to keep making hockey baseball with this analytics. And I haven't seen any public data that is just like, yeah, like this is, you get, this is a predictor of success or this is a hundred percent accurate. So I'm with you. I think it's a window. Um, but they, people like to just look at something, feel smart and have it, be understood and be it simple and he has that one chart from last year on a bad columbus team now if you go back two years where he's top five for norris his not his analytics look a lot better so it's like which one is it and columbus was better back then too so i don't know i don't know what to make of that but people like people like want him to be bad here it, it's so they can be right oh it's yeah a very that's, weird that's thing. the worst it's 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 one of those situations where you you're 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 fucked no matter what once you sign the deal the the team's getting worse and worse yeah they are trading away future assets for you you have a group of people online that are loud that are reminding all these people that don't know anything that this guy stinks yep. and it's like no matter what i mean short of him going in and getting 55 points and the team making the playoffs everyone's gonna hate him mm-hmm. it's yep. kind of crazy and that's yep. what, what happens in pro sports not just the nhl but People I've seen kind of on Taves. For me, it's like you got to give Taves ten games at least. Like this dude hasn't played hockey at this level in a long time. You got to realize he's a little bit older and he's going to have to at least get some games under his belt to at least feel normal again. Realize the pace has changed since he's last played. And I think that for people jumping on him quick, which there aren't many, I think that's a little unfair. I I think so too. And and he's always been a little bit of a slow starter. Like his whole career, he, he never like comes out of the gates on fire. So. This, to me, like, he doesn't look that much slower to me, if at all. Like, just trying to remember what he looked like in the bubble and before that. Like, the season that, that was cut short, the last two – like, he had a, a rough stretch there. Then he had two years in a row. I think it was 17-18 and 18-19 uh, where he's, like, a point-per-game guy. So, I, I don't know. Maybe he's not that anymore, but he's certainly still a pretty good top six two-way center. And if you have Doc and you have – you know, they don't really use Strom then you should be able to mitigate some of that. I don't know. It, it's just like I was really hoping you would be like, hey, like if they do this and this, things will get better. But you're I, – I think they'll get better than this. Yeah. But the, they – I mean, there's yeah. not much depth there. These guys are in COVID protocol now. So say they miss another two, three games. You know what I mean? You don't know how this is going to go. Then you're fucking 0-8. Yep. It's just a bad – when you get off to a start like this, I would actually love to see – talk about analytics. There's definitely numbers for getting off – you know, you haven't won a game in your first eight to make the playoffs. I, I guarantee you it does not happen often. There's some so, – there, I saw – I can't remember who put the chart out, but I, and I don't know what the numbers are based off. But basically right now it says there's a 93% chance as of today the Blackhawks miss the playoffs. So it's October 26th. Well, there's that. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. raining outside too. <laughs> yeah. I got a question for all you guys. Or, I mean, it's like Carlton, Bowman – Naggy, what's the call? Pace, what's the, um, Pace. yeah, Ryan like, Pace. Your whole city hates the people in charge, yet these guys just—they're just untouchable. They're like, cockroaches. How, it's nuts. Like, who owns the Bears? The McCaskies. She's like a hundred years. She's old. literally a hundred years old. Old lady. She's the woman <clears throat> from Major League. Uh, well, no, no it's she's like, like a her, sweet old lady. Her dad was George Hallis, who invented the NFL, and like he oh, started, geez. he started the Bears, and now it's like she, she's, you know. She seems like a sweet old lady, but she's literally a hundred years old, and she's got uh, she has this guy Ted Phillips, who's kind of like the uh, you know she, he's the president of the team, and then her son George, who you know nothing. To, I don't know that guy, but when you look at him on camera, you're like this guy's a fucking doofus. Like how can you know? Usually no wonder the second generation, hey, it's usually the second generation that fucks everything yeah. up. So that would be his grandfather's the guy who started the NFL and owned the team, right? Correct. So yeah. There you go. NFC Second championship trophies named dynasties. after him. Yeah. She so, yeah, I mean, I guess, like, two, my two other years. thing about the Bears, and this is – I watch football on the weekends. I am not as dialed in as you guys, but I, I – Justin Fields, I don't know. <laughs> eh. 
I see a lot of like quarterbacks like him coming to the league now and just kind of fizzle out and never do that much. I I'm too... I would much rather Mac Jones. <laughs> well, Get the oh, fuck out of fuck my face. I would love to. I bet you Bill Belichick. Much rather. I bet you Bill Belichick would much rather Justin Fields. The Bears just hook him. And now it's like we're going to do the Bears thing to him where you just you have this mm-hmm. guy who's super talented and you're just going to fucking throw him out there, let him die and get like PTSD from being in the pocket with the Bears. And he'll end up being nothing. Yeah, imagine if you didn't play with Crosby. Like, imagine if you had to go play, you know, with with lesser players. Very true. Yeah, started your career in, like, Arizona. But but, but I'm a fucking plug defenseman. You guys are trying to, like, this is a number one QB, third overall pick. I I heard you you went fifth. You guys don't think. Throw out the coaches. That Mac Jones is going to be a better NFL quarterback. You can't throw out the coaches. What do you mean throw out the coaches? You can't do that. That has everything. I'm to just do. talking about look at the guy in the in the look at look the at Patriots the guy. Aren't exactly like a sick team, dude. Like, what are you talking about? Have you your seen the even, Chicago Bears? Even, if if your guy was that good, he would have fucking gone into camp and they would have been like, boom, this is our guy, Andy Dalton. Nothing. They didn't even. That guy hasn't shown shit. Mac Jones went in and won a job from a veteran. You guys are crazy. That's because our coach is a moron. Do you know this coach has demoted himself twice now? He was a play caller. He's like, ah, I can't do this. And then he like sneaky took play calling duty back last year. Didn't tell anybody. And then when that's exactly when the team went to shit. And then they bring in this guy, Nagy's coach, calling the plays again to start the year. He fired himself from coaching the play for calling the plays again, like three games in. They have no mind. They're, like Justin Fields, like Neither I do the Pats. I feel bad for him. I feel bad for him. They got Jason Peters, who's thirty nine years old. They signed him off the street. He's their starting left tackle. It's bad. It's fucking bad. It's brutal, man. Dave in there, left guard. Exactly. Yeah. I'm. A, I'm kind of. Dave's I mean, scrappy. He's a bulldog. Yeah, he's scrappy. I'll fight you right now, Whitney. <laughs> oh shit, dude! Yeah, yeah, you fight me over the internet. <laughs> what yeah. else is going on, guys? How's the new office treat? Why don't you come see it? Uh, yeah, I, I got to get here. surgery on my elbow, but after that, we we actually were talking about going to Chicago in February, so that'd be a good time to come okay. chill, chill at the new spot. Yeah, what's wrong guys, with the elbow? There? What's what? that? Yeah, what'd you do to your elbow, dude? Just too I much tore golf. a tendon in my elbow like nine months ago. I've tried every single thing possible before surgery. Do you Everything. tear the UCL? Throwing uh, too many no. hammer curveballs. No, I wish, but I was a lefty, and that's the arm I got. I was just fling, slinging in curveballs, but it never hurt my elbow. Stay on Nowadays, top. you're not even allowed to throw a curveball when you're young, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, change up fastball only. Wow. Ah, you know. I mean, I wonder if it's actually saving elbows. In a sense, I look at the reports of guys getting Tommy John. They're better when they come back after Tommy John. You might as well let them chuck curveballs when they're young, get the Tommy John, you'll be better after it. Mm-hmm. It's true. Do you want to rehab with White Sox, Dave? He specializes in rehabbing with bad elbows. Like he's like a, a pitching specialist. No way. Yeah. That's what, what I why? did before you, you've had elbow surgery. Uh, I've never had surgery. I'm too physically fit for surgeries, <laughs> so I've never had one personally. Never had stitches. Never broken a bone. Nothing. Uh, no but way. I do Maybe help you're people just more rehab. like a caveman. Maybe. Physically well, I'm going to actually beings. call you then. I'm going to call you looking for some elbow rehab drills. But, yeah, no golf for five months, dude. Oh, man. That's Damn. good that's timing. At least. I know you guys you, I know you guys really feel bad for me. I, I can't yeah. hear it in your voices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I mean. Tough. Well, we, and we know you only really love one thing. So I wouldn't want to take that away. My from kids. You. Yeah. Besides your kids. <laughs> golf and ripping on Dave. Those yeah. are my two favorite things. <laughs> but you're bad at ripping on, on me. You're are you, are you better at golf or are you better you're... at ripping on Dave? Wait, <laughs> there, when we were in Detroit a few months back, I don't know how I got the pictures. I think someone airdropped them to me, but you and I didn't notice them. They were even in my phone until like a month after the fact. But you and I were arguing at whatever bar we were at, and there's this picture of me like, like palms up, like looking at you, like what a fucking doofus comment he just said. <laughs> And you're well, just sitting you there like rolling your looking eyes. at me saying dude. Yes. Well, yes. He says it was at some bar. It was actually White Sox Dave waited in line at the stand and repeat to get a picture with you. And then you guys. Started no, I, I don't White want Sox Dave him. was an absolute joke, dude. 
You were at the. You weren't you just at the um, street hockey event? Yeah, that's I what he's kind, talking about. Kinda. Yeah, was you it? were an absolute loser. I'm standing in line. There's a 25 person line. Pink Whitney bottles, chiclets hats, and I look and see his little troll, fucking white socks, <laughs> Dave, standing in line on his iPhone trying to get pictures. Of I wasn't asking, trying to get that's a, a sign. Of white that is Sox a lie. <laughs> Disavow. That is a lie. That is a fact, and you know it. Fucking. That is. Cheap. Why would I want a picture you with you? This guy. Hey, Ryan, Ryan, White Sox, Dave. <laughs> that's a lie. It's a line? lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. <laughs> I don't right, remember well. arguing with you in Detroit for the Super Bowl. All I remember is that I ended up winning that contest. I looked at my phone three days later. You guys know this story. There was like thirteen grand in the account. All the bets must have hit late. I actually had more money than Rico, but it was too late, and he mm. would have tried to stab me had I gone back and said, <laughs> "But I won that contest." <laughs> we'll pass the message along. I actually am going to get him that. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, should we bring him in? Let's bring Rico. <laughs> yeah, in. like yeah. like it's a Mari episode. Can we do that? Hey, just- so another thing I had to bring up with you goons. Uh, came on one draft and just ran away with it. One of the highest percentage winners of all time and haven't even sniffed an invite back. So I know where I stand in terms of being in your head, Dave. That has nothing to do with me. Talk to our communist dictator main host, Eddie. Notice who's not here. He's not here. He said he he was too tired. He just did the So Chief texted us, I don't know, maybe 10 o'clock this morning saying we got Whitney coming on at 11.45. I instantly eye-rolled. But we get to the office, and Ed was but like, oh, it's Whitney. Me a question, interviewing Whitney? Me. He's like, ah, I'll just pass on this one. He doesn't even think enough of you to sit down and have a conversation with you. No, he's a, he's a professional potster now on the Dave Portnoy show. That he is true. time to deal with me, but I can go with him, too. I mean, I just prefer to have him in the room. I, I like Eddie. I get along well with Eddie. Get along well with all you guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, what else am I supposed to say? I'm being honest about my opinions of Chicago sports, which I'm an enormous fan of. Where are they moving the football stadium? No, hold on a second. Oh, hold on a second. Track. Hold on. This is this is this is kind of a Chicago Bulls podcast a little bit now. Yeah, and while yeah, you're shitting true. on us, you're ignoring the fact it's the Bulls are the league. only undefeated team in the Eastern Conference. They're so. not even gonna lose a game this on year. On Chicklets, I I was dogging the whole city, and then I actually said, "Oh wait, no." The Bulls are really legit. The Bulls have a squad. So I said that prior. I did you, said did you get show. on our boosted uh, bet last night? I live Plus in Madison, Massachusetts, Dude. where this so dumb we cannot legally bet yet. It's uh, just too foolish. Bad. I don't it, understand it hit. what it was they're great. thinking. Did they take down? What was the boost? It was plus 300 for a Bulls win and DeRozan and Levine over 20. And it looked like in the middle of the fourth quarter, it looked like the easiest win ever. And then it came down to a last second shot for the Bulls to yeah. win. So it was no. like it was a sweat and then like jump off your couch with, you know, you hit plus 300. I great. said the Bulls are never going to lose again or something like that on Twitter. And then instantly the Toronto went on like a 14 to two run, <laughs> like instantaneously. <laughs> I was getting shit on for deservedly so for it um, but um all right well i'm hearing via text as this is coming in from a guy who i do kind of trust and he says he has heard that they're both out meaning stan and al so we'll see if that comes true but he said uh the bowmans are gone after this report comes out that's that's the text that i just got live on air that he has heard from people internally and i'll say that he is a guy who knows people internally uh said that that Bowman and Al McIsaac, who you know the top two guys in hockey ops, who were in that meeting with Paul Vincent wow. ten years ago, that they're both out. And Bowman is not sitting in on that press conference, which to me, if he was safe, you'd think he'd be there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. I don't know. It's uh, and let the record show that it is twelve eleven p.m. and the report central yep central time, and the report and everything comes out in fifty minutes or so from now. Yep. So why don't you tweet so. it now? You don't trust them enough, or the guy asked you not to. Uh, I don't trust him enough. So he, okay. he used to work. I respect that. Yeah. So you're a journalist. R.A. had R.A. tried telling me I'm a journalist. Pfft, I, I am a journalist. not a journalist. I'm not a journalist. No, you are, though, or you'd be tweeting that. I'm in the business of not making myself look like a moron. You have the most journalist standards out of the four of us by you far. Think? Yeah, I think no you are. Doubt. I think you're like the most buttoned up out of the four of us. For yeah, sure. you like source people and shit. Yeah, no, I think you I think what you, you have like a. Uh, I don't know. I I don't like that title i don't want to be a journalist but i think out of the four of us you do you do like it is kind of offensive to so with the whole q which i'm not shit, i think that's a good i think it's a good uh, thing i think I, it's a balance like Dave's, barstool Dave's sports crazy. reporter i was like reporter that uh-uh, uh-uh. i don't no, report no, 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 no. shit yeah like yeah. we're definitely not reporters yeah so, but I, mean, I think you're good no, at being I mean, mindful more, of relationships um, and shit like no, you take i burned all guys. the bridge oh <laughs> yeah, like i can't i've burned all those bridges now like like danny Dan- oh, i mean 
Uh-oh. I can't get a text back from anybody in the organization now. So, well, uh, once you had Stan in your office and you just ripped him, I assume that was kind of the end of that. Yeah, all. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and but then like we we had a few guys on, and like I I've met uh, a couple of guys like Seth Jones, and and I met Kirby Doc this summer. Eichel or uh, not Eichel? Eichel doesn't play here. No, no, no. The German Stay kid. Hot, oh, Reichel. Reichel, 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 Reichel. Did you see that by chance on Twitter? We met the the German kid Lucas Reichel, the first round pick. And Dave got one look at him and was like, we got to make you a baseball player. I didn't even know he played <laughs> hockey until like 20 minutes into the conversation. I thought I was no, just was talking just to this random German mom. kid who couldn't really speak a whole lot of English. And I was talking. I'm like, dude, let me, tell you, let me tell you about this sport we play in America called baseball. Like, I'm just eyeing him up and down like, all right, we need to get this kid in the cages, teach him basic fundamentals, and then off you we go. You can do his elbow rehab. Yeah. That too. That too. Yeah, so that that's we'll see what happens. This is uh, well. I mean, if it, yeah, you'd have to think that it's not going to get up to the worst. you have to think the GM knew what was going on, right? Or he wasn't even GM then. No, was he, he was. He was. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So he that was, that was right. 2010. That was the first Cup year. So he took over that previous okay. summer. All right. Well, we'll see what goes on. But uh, nice catching up with you guys. Yeah, it's good to see you, Wit. And then yeah, we we're dying to get you guys back out here. So. Snake draft in right, person. We'll do, we'll, do, we'll do some live gambling out there. That would be great. Off, I love that. Yep. I love that. All right, later, boys. See you. See you, bud. Thanks, Whit. So that's Ryan Whitney. Always good to talk to Whitney. Always good to go to Hooters, too, guys. We talk a lot about Hooters in this love office, it. the wings, the environment, the atmosphere. Dave, your favorite thing? Uh, I love, love, love their burgers. Better burger Hooters or the famous burger from the Dozen Trivia Match everybody talks to you about? The Mad Max burger? Oh, it's Hooters. Yeah. That's not even it's, fucking it's, close. It's not, it's not even a debate. Hooters, to me, is a sanctuary where you can get delicious buffalo sauce all over delicious fried food. Get the Daytonas. That's my tip there. What is that? That's a type of wing, and it's a type of sauce. But it's a certain style, how they cook them. It's a good, it's a good wing. So is it exclusive to Hooters? That's yes. like on it's the menu. Da- Daytona style with Daytona sauce. It's very good. Try it out. Hooters. Is that like a secret menu, Ed? No, it's on the menu, but a lot of people just kind of blow past everything. It's like, yeah, just give me the mile, give me the hot, give me whatever. Look into the Daytona with mm. the donut style. It changed my it changed my mind about a couple things. The Daytona. I am interested in doing a little World Series game night at Hooters. And the reason I'm, I'm interested in that is game day specials keep me hydrated and filled up on Hooters favorites all season long. If you make it to Hooters for the game, you can still get your Hooters fix at home. Save $10 with code Barstool when you order online. You can order Hooters online. Save 10 bucks with the promo code Barstool. Check out Hooters.com backslash Barstool for more details. We're giving out $10 off of, fucking, off of Hooters. Right? That's a free order of wings, basically. Hey, yes. Can we get a sniff? <laughs> Look out. Might be watching a game there soon. Ooh. Look out. Ooh. Ooh. Which one? Sniff. <laughs> To be determined. Keep to be, to TBD? Show. Are the world-famous Hooter girls going to be there, Ed? Sniff? I can confirm they'll be there. Yes! Fuck yes. I can yes. confirm that. That's the only yes. thing I Yes, White State, Put Hooters girls. Well, we basically Chief need every leash. fucking distraction made available to us to get through this, I suppose. I guess I'll go to Ed. You're, you seem... Ed seems melancholy today. He does seem melancholy. I mean... Are you melancholy? A little bit. It's. I think we officially started our turn to the wintry, rainy, cold, the dark weather, yep. weather, right? Walked out of the office yesterday at 6, and it was already pitch black. Mm-hmm. Um, coming off a fucking disgusting Bears game. It's just a melancholy uh, aura, I would say, right? And that was just such a loss to be like, season's over. Just don't even care. Yeah. There was not one takeaway, bright, shining moment. Not one good part of that game. So you guys are officially apathetic. I'm Mark Trestman levels of apathetic. I don't know how we can. I don't know how you can be. I feel like Ed now, where it's like you're looking at. It's like I don't know how you can't be anything less than apathetic. Yeah, like that's how I was coming into the season. So I think you guys are there now. Uh, It's just what what's weird is like I don't know where to really evaluate it because the Browns and the Bucks game. That's really thought what we're going to see all season. And then they kind of surprised us with those Raiders game, the Lions game, the Bengals game. Who the Bengals, the Bengals are, are fucking good. Which like the confusing. Bengals, the Bengals looked awful when we played them. Horrendous. Terrible. Horrendous. Like maybe a couple notches better than the Lions. Shout out to Hank for the notch scale. Like they were horrible. Yeah. Game two though. Yes. Listen, 
Joe Burrow looks like a fucking stud, 4-15 on the road yeah. in Baltimore. That game was pretty much over most of the second half, right? Yeah. So then that's good because I'm watching that game. I'm like, well, the Bears beat the shit out of the Bengals. Maybe this afternoon yeah. there's – Nope. They really did beat the shit out of the Bengals too. And I didn't do it, but if anybody would have put an emotional hedge bet on the on the Bucks. I wouldn't have blamed it. What was the line? 13 or so? It got down to 12 before kick. I was positive they were going to lose that game by 30-plus. I just knew it in the back of my head. Yeah. I mean, we talked about that. Yeah, we talked about it, and then they go out and do that. And, like, even though you're kind of expecting it, when you're watching it live, it doesn't make you feel any better. You Like, I, like, I, I just said I was apathetic, but watching that, I was laughing my ass off. Yeah, Anytime but there's, they would like, do something there's also, like, get a stop. Get stopped on a score. Get another stop. This was like boom, score, boom, score, boom, it was, score. Yeah, Brady had the ball on the other side of the 50 pretty much the entire first half. I mean, even Nance and Romo were fucking giving it to the Bears on the broadcast. Yeah. That was tough. And bouncing out of that is like now we're home, Halloween, like you're saying, the weather's already turning. I mean, they lose this to the Niners. Things get ugly very quickly because then you're on the road against the Steelers, and then you're in a bye week, and then you're playing the Ravens, and this thing very, very easily could be 3-7. and seven. The most frustrating part to me is that was so bad that people are turning it into a Fields thing, which that's, is bullshit. That's it's, just, it's sad. It is. I, I, that, this was the first week I finally started to see that. And it's bullshit. I mean, it he is. didn't play well, not by any stretch of the imagination. No. He both, has, he both, fumbles he got hit, both fumbles he got hit from the – Second both, play from scrimmage. The second under play from two seconds. scrimmage. Both yeah. fumbles were caused in under two seconds. Yeah, like he's got to do things better. He's got to throw the ball away. He's got to protect the ball better. But so many things were just like, how can you – he was getting blown up. Yep. Blown Romo up. had I mean, a lot of insights I thought were cool about, like, hey, he's looking at the right side at the start of the play. If he's looking at the left side, he's better. And to me, it's like, yeah, that's a little bit of Justin Fields, but that's also a mentorship development thing, leadership yeah. thing, coaching thing. Yeah. And it just, it just, we're just, I'm so hopeless when it comes to Nagy and the coaching. Like, but I thought Romo did a good job of pointing out where like Justin Fields along the way, at least from the viewer perspective, I was like, oh, that makes, mm -hmm. that makes he's sense. A great we're not analyst, seeing yeah. that. Yeah. He's a fucking good well, analyst. And it's, but. it's just, it's any rookie quarterback is going to have like a hard time, even in perfect circumstances. They're asking him to do the impossible, so it, it's I, I do like I feel bad for him. It's like it's like how could anybody? How could like remember when Tom Brady was rumored like to be interested in the Bears that like when he was floating around his free agency? Can you imagine Tom Brady being successful in this? No, in this team, like nobody he's Tom be. fucking Brady. So how can we expect Justin Fields to look great? So the problem is, if there was a better game plan, he would be more successful. But yeah, there's not. Of course, there's just not. Yeah, and that's not completely. Maybe not completely accurate because at the end of the day, the offensive line is what the offensive line is. But <laughs> Sources, people in Hallis Hall, leadership, fed up with Nagy. Anybody see that yesterday? Uh, I, mean, I, I didn't, actually. I didn't see that, but I would hope so. I'll get the quote. But it's the same. It's round and round we go. Time is a flat circle. Michael David Smith tweeted, Justin Fields has been sacked the most times of any quarterback in the NFL this season. Even though he's 30th in the NFL in pass attempts. That's Jesus Christ. So he's running for That's his life bad. every time he passes the ball. I think he's lost 154 yards on sacks. That's bad. 20 sacks, 154 yards. So that's yards. at that's one point. And I know, like, Olin Krutz is really driving it home to people. Like, hey, why you can't really blame the offensive line when Pace sunk all the money into the defense. And, um, and it's just almost like history repeating itself everywhere you see. Mm -hmm. With that, like, this is so Jerry Angelo. Like, don't worry about the offense. And, uh, like, not, not not apples to apples, but, you know, the comparison I was trying yeah. to make there. Yeah. Um, and just another quarterback where it's like, are we ruining this guy? Yep. And that's just what I asked. Now, what about Khalil Herbert? Can we just be positive for a second? He yeah. runs fucking hard. It's a good back. Yeah, he's yeah. fine. He's no a nice back. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah, he's a nice, he's a nice looking back. No, I'm really impressed with him, to be yeah, honest yeah. with you. He looks good. Very yep. impressed with him. He looks, he looks more than good, I would say. Because yeah. then if he comes back and then you can split some shit up with Monty, I mm -hmm. feel like this is one of those years where historically, like, we would have just completely fucking burned a yeah. Monty year. Like, even if the Bears go 5 and whatever, 12, I can still, still see Nagy giving him 330 carries, making him catch a bunch of balls out of the backfield and stuff. So if there's some kind of balance or split here where, like, Monty stays a little fresh and Herbert, like, you've got running back depth 
Any any fucking positive? Shit? I gotta say, can I, quite can I say a negative? <laughs> can I say a negative? I don't want to, but it is where we are. Why the fuck did Pace get? And I know they're not the same back, but Cohen. They gave Cohen a shit ton of money. He's still on pup. If it's like you can always find running backs. Existed, to be he forgot he existed. I thought Nagy was using Cohen like big time as a reason when he was injured. Is like, well, he's such an integral part of our yeah, scheme and game plan. So I think he's like so like the but, Bears see Tariq Cohen as like a difference maker for scheming. Did did we see that though in reality? Oh, he- fuck no. And that's where like the term dumpster fire comes to life because it's like the scheme that we're seeing is not working. And so, if the scheme of the personnel that was that we're throwing money at, it's just it, it's literally a dumpster fire, accelerated with gallons and gallons of what's the shit Marv dude in, used in Home Alone? Well, I thought it was tar. No, it was uh, on the rope kerosene. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, kerosene. That's a good smell. I love that. Is smell. it? Yeah, kerosene. Kerosene's a good smell. Those tiki lamps. Yeah, yeah. it's smells- a joke, man. It's a joke. They are. Uh, you just got to hope that they get fired. But it's not going to happen midseason. I really don't think so. See, like, that's the thing where it's just like, hey, maybe you can't do it when you're 3-3. Three and three, But if it gets really bad or even kind of bad, don't you just want to, like, give yourself a head start on finding the next Would coach? Would be nice. You'd think you so. Know, like the next coach, maybe the next GM too, and just be like, hey, we're cleaning house, and then just start the process. It always feels like it's rushed, and they end up with – somebody bad like just let's change the way you do things because the way you have been doing it doesn't work get get start getting people in for interviews start using headhunters talking to people like just get this going so you're not rushing to go through interviews and hoping this guy or that guy is available to talk to or blah 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 just get your list together be hit the ground running uh that you know that first week in january when when you can start interviewing people because that's what they need to do because you can't even restart like they should be looking at trading mac they should, they should be looking at trading Robinson at the deadline, and we just can't. That's another guy I feel bad for. We just can't get there because the general manager and the head coach need to win to save their jobs. Yeah. So it's like we need to fucking we but beat here, the 49ers, we beat the Steelers. I'm going to say this is a bad thing, and you just brought them up. They're probably going to win this week. I don't they're, know. I mean, I, don't I mean, the Niners that. aren't any good. They fucking they're two and four. They're not good. It's a home game. I just I don't know. Probably this is historically how it's gone under Matt Nagy, though. Yeah, yeah. Blowout loss, morale is completely just shattered. Bounce back, decently fine win, and it's like okay, maybe we got something. I mean, we're we're guilty of it as much as the rest of the fan base. Have you guys seen what the total is for that game? Thirty six. Thirty nine and a half. <laughs> <laughs> it's that's pretty fucking bad. Um. But, yeah, and the Niners are a three-and-a-half-point favorite as we sit here right now. So, road favorite. I don't know you can say probably win. That's yeah, a, I know. You know I mean, how, how – It's a good spot to take the Bears, though. Probably, yeah. Because we're, we're all going to be <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, I changed my bet last second and took the Bears against the Bucks. Where I've been sitting here, we're like, oh, I'm going to pound the Bucks. I was going to take the alternate line up to 27-and-a-half, all this shit. And then it just came down. I saw the line move from 13 to 12. I was <laughs> like, I'm on it. Just fucking all over the Bears. I don't want to lose it on this. And but then knew- I do – this is a game. I, I do think Dave's right. When did you know that that bet was done? Oh, fuck it. At, like, kickoff. Like, <laughs> yeah. It yeah. was literally, like – Yeah. That was bad. I also got really mad to find out that the Bears, for the third time this year – told Justin Fields pre-snap that the Niners had 12 guys on the field. Yeah. <laughs> it's such it, a joke. It's he such said a that joke, that's man. the third time that that's happened this year. That was their seventh game. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. playing the like, first game. We're talking about coach. He said that can't count how many people. Are yeah, so he thought end. he had a free play, so he just let it fly. And mm-hmm. Nope. No, that's an interception, Justin. And maybe we fucked up and told you they had too many men on the field. Was it? I didn't, was there officially? I know they didn't call it, but was there 12 on the field? No, there weren't. So, <laughs> exactly, exactly. He had another man. ball off Mooney's hand. So, of the five turnovers on Sunday, I think yeah. one of them was was largely his fault. But that's unfortunately that's not how they fucking do turnovers. It's like you just turn over, you don't. So, we do have good news. The ball stop, ball stop, ball stop, yeah. ball stop. I hit that bet. I watched the game. Hey, here's another quick thing about mm-hmm. bowls. These NBA games. Fucking two hours, 15 minutes, two hours, 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, quick. Yeah. It's such a nice change of pace coming out of baseball season where it's like five hours. four hours, yeah. five hours, pitching changes and shit. Yeah. It's very predictable. 
Have you been enjoying the Bulls thus far? I have. I, I have. have I have, too. I've watched more NBA or Bulls basketball this year than I have in the last five years combined, probably. I've watched three quarters Why of every is that, game. Dave? Because I'm not a basketball fan. But you're like, trying to fan them entertain- yeah, no, what, I'm what asking trying to get why, at? why are you watching more this time around? Because they're enjoyable and fun to watch. Who would have thought have gambling that the best ownership in town would be Jerry Reinsdorf, your guy? <laughs> the best owner in town by far. Man, he's got both his organizations <laughs> cooking rolling gas yeah. right now. <laughs> Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought? Um, and Michael, I mean, hey, credit where credit's due. He does really have both organizations humming right now. They so. really are fun to watch, even though that fourth quarter last night got very – like I thought that bet that DeMar DeRozan, Levine over – 20 in a Bulls win. That looked in the bag with like oh, eight, yeah. eight minutes to oh, go. Oh, come on. And then it turned into a Bro. fucking sweat. Vooch missing those down the, down the stretch. At the he line. had a couple bad turnovers. Too. Yeah. Yeah. It does, if they're up, I mean, honestly, unless there's two minutes left in the NBA game, it does not matter at all what the score is. Yeah, I know. I know. And it, it is, But it felt like they, those guys were going to hit it, and then they were up double digits, and then it just was like, holy fuck. Holy, like double digit lead, you think, should be. Safe, and it's not like we had them like uh, on, mm-hmm. the, on the spread. It was like they should just here we go. A couple uh, takeaways. One was that I love to see Levine. He wasn't happy about that. Did you see the post game? Yep. He was like mad. He's like, no, we almost blew that. Um, you like to see that? I love that actually. Dude, I, you did, like I to didn't see, see that. that. I feel so guilty about all my previous Levine takes because every time he talks, I'm like, this is the guy. And before, <laughs> like, I don't think I've ever been more wrong about anything the way I was about him. He's certainly grown a little bit, but, man, I was fucking wrong about that. Yeah. But you're right. Like, that mm-hmm. was, like, the, tiny, uh, the, the type of accountability you want to see out of your leader. Be like, yeah, like, you know, we got to go watch the tape, make sure things get yeah, better. I Win's mean, a win. I got to put a hand up, too. Ball. Lonzo Ball. I just assumed because of his fucking loudmouth father that he was just this punk bitch that would, like, throw up broke-ass three-pointers. He plays fucking Tough defense. He's sick, dude. He's good, man. He's a good yep. fucking NBA point guard. They're long. They're you know like they got a lot of guys that are length. Like a lot of guys who know how to defend. Uh, Demar Derozan again. Like he, we're not like the biggest NBA guys. A little bit of like that Paul Pierce to his game. No, where he I, gets I, I guys on like that. the yeah, upside. Yeah, yeah. Defense. What? They <laughs> can't play fucking lick at defense, but. But Lonzo they have, Ball, they keep Lonzo Ball. Okay, sorry, no, I I agree with you. DeRozan, offensively mid range, yeah. gets to his spots, gets guys up in the air. Like he's he, like it's just like all the pieces like kind of fit together. It's like oh, AK like knows what he's doing. Uh, so it's nice to see. It's fun to watch. Can I talk about the most concerning part that I saw over the weekend of the Bulls? Or sure. the Week of the Bulls. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think we're going to run into an issue with DeRozan and Levine? Like, I, how so? Because of isolation at the end. Did you watch? Yeah. I'm talking about game one specifically. Um, the Rosen, I mean, this team, we've been so used to Zach taking over at the end. The Rosen, like, was really, like, seemed hell-bent on taking over there. He should, though. But he was not, like, he didn't have it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I, I think it's going to be a kind of a hot hand situation. And, like, I'm making a, a mole, mountain out of a molehill yeah. right now. No. But I just, it's something to keep in the tickler file. That I think there's might be. This, this is, is good not, postseason controversy. This is going to yes. come up in like game two of the postseason yes. where it's like who should be taking the last shot. To Eddie's point, Zach Levine historically, yeah, he's the guy. Mm-hmm. DeRozan's one of the best isolation players in the NBA. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, I, they did go to Levine. It was I think it might have been the second game of the year where it was like they were down. There was kind of a dogfight, and Levine like just took over in the fourth. Like mm-hmm. he he put up I don't know, eighteen points or something like that in the fourth quarter of that game. So maybe it is a hot hand thing. But also, this is a thing that happens. I think with when you get these, I don't, I don't even know if you call the Bulls a super team, but they bring in a lot of new pieces. Yeah, like we saw the Miami Heat with LeBron James yeah, and yeah. Dwayne Wade totally, struggle totally. with this. Same was, they thing. went like nine and nine to start that year, something like that. Yeah, yeah it's so, so early, but it's just something. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna file this away. Like this is yeah. something I'm gonna be watching towards the end. Like who's gonna be the guy? Mm-hmm. And because it just seemed like DeRozan was forcing it a little bit, and I know he could do it. I know he's capable. And maybe it's just because I'm not used to watching him do it. I'm used to watching Levine do it. Yeah. But I was just like, wait, why isn't like, w- like, all right, let's get Zach involved. Yeah. Let's get Vooch. Like, mm-hmm. let's. Yeah. He was trying to be the guy a lot in that first game at the end, and it wasn't. It, it just wasn't successful. Yeah. And in his defense, he's always been the guy. Correct. So like that might just be like I'm I'm doing the thing that I'm supposed to do for this team. And it's just like a chemistry, like like dude, like you're 
Yep. You're, that's not your chemistry. Yeah, like that's mm-hmm. not necessarily yes. always going to be your thing on this Correct. team. So right. I'm interested to see how that goes. Yeah. That's the most interesting part to me so far. They, I like the um, way they play off each other now, and it, that will be a good development. The biggest thing I'm seeing from DeRozan, or I should say that's coming from the DeRozan relationship with Levine is, like, Levine doesn't have to dribble as much, and you get ball on the perimeter, so there's more ball movement. Mm-hmm. Levine gets a catch and shoot. He doesn't have to create his own shot. Those are much higher quality shots. There's a lot of cutting. There's a lot of sharing. Like it's Alex like Caruso build is a defensive player, but then he gets to come in here and he finally has offensive freedom to cut, attack, slash. Yep. So uh, as far as late game situation, and I think this is like genius from you to call us out in October because I fucking guarantee you. It'll be a talk. Like point. first week in May, we're like, how the fuck? The only have other- they not figured this shit out? And then, the sorry, the big, the big question, though, is uh, – the big man depth. Yeah. Vuk is just like – yeah, Vooch, that's basically it. I think they can get someone midseason. They got some yeah. kind of trade exception or something. But, like, if Vooch gets hurt or, like, he's then, not yeah. that – he's good, but the difference between him and Jokic is, like, fucking night and day, right? Like, yeah, but Jokic is also their one, and he's probably the Bulls' four. Yeah, exactly. Four. I'm yeah. But he's yeah. still considered one of the best centers For in sure. the NBA, yeah. the difference he's, is. Yep. So we'll see how the big man hunting goes because they that's can't, a, that's they a can't good do point. shit if, if he's their only guy. And the only other thing, back to Eddie's point about the end-of-the-game situation, it still drives me a little bit crazy that Levine doesn't seem to get any calls where DeRozan does get to the line uh, more effectively than Levine. And I don't even think that's necessarily Levine's fault, but DeRozan gets calls and gets guys in the air, and that could be part of that equation too. Who knows? But, yeah, definitely that's a good point from Ed. Something to, something to look out for, but I'm I'm also you know is there also a concern about Paw at this point? See, it's the I thought this year would be more of like a cool development year where he can kind of fit into the mix and like slowly mm-hmm. grind his numbers up. I don't think this is a year where we're sitting there and being like I need to see him score this much and mm-hmm. have these percentages. But it seems like people are pretty disappointed up front. Well, what would be the concerns? I guess like I, what, and I, I don't I don't say that because I have any. I just more so wanted to bring it up as a talking point. Okay. So the here. general concern is that he's not in a position to score, looking for a shot, play like yes. basically meaningful yeah. minutes down Correct. the stretch. He's going to be completely limited so like from a development standpoint He's it's not really because uh you know should be 20 now you gotta go we gotta go caruso in the stretch for hundreds so good 100%. defensively yeah that he's gonna have to but i think donovan yeah. wants to do three guards in the stretch levine yeah. caruso and ball mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's gonna be i don't know it's kind of a tough situation with that yeah but uh, yeah. and i think that's fine if he's not on the on the floor during the stretch right I mean, he should be a sophomore in college or junior in college. You yeah. know, like I, I twenty, and and it did take, you know, the the comp everybody has for him or a lot of people had for him was Kawhi. It took Kawhi a while to get going. Yeah, and you know, know. once again, these are very early overreactions because yeah. it's fun to do that. We're four games in, and we can mm-hmm. do this again. So yeah. what should happen with Williams then mm-hmm. is like, say we get into the February stretch or it's January, and like, yo, DeRozan, you take two games off, or you start to get into the situation where the Bulls have a leader, you can project stuff, and like, maybe Williams Paul gets his chance. You isolate a couple games where it's like, all right, Thursday night, we know he's going to get 36 minutes. We want to see him like get up, that, you know, yeah. 12, 15 shots or whatever. Like, he should be able to pick his points in the season. But, I mean, on the high end, imagine if he just kind of developed slow and steady enough so that when we get to the playoffs and you're playing some of these phenomenal Eastern Conference teams, like, it would be great if he was a fucking, like, if the defense was there to to be, like, the tough, dominant guy we think he can be. Yeah, because Caruso's awesome. Yeah, fuck I mean, yeah, he's – like, what he brings in many levels is a lot of fun. Watching yeah. him run around and cut and just move and shit, he looks so fucking good out there. He would be, if you were playing, like, a Sunday pickup league, yes. the biggest pain in the dick. Like, the, like everybody hates that guy, and that's the guy you want on this. Like, he's he brings that element. He's great to watch. And, like, they, him and Alonzo won that alley-oop. I think that was the third game of the year. Mm. Which, it was an Alonzo triple-double game. Yeah. And it was just like, fuck, yeah. Like, that that was that was great to watch. And, yeah, they're, they have so many likable guys that it's it's – like Dave and I and everybody who probably wasn't paying a ton of attention to them historically, like they're a likable team. Yeah, they're very likable. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I'm having fun with it. We're seeing red. Oh yeah, the city. And I love red. Benny the Bull. The city is seeing red. Um, I thought it, mm. big game against the Knicks this week too. Yeah, that'll be sweet. Uh, Tim's on Thursday. Back. Yep. Mm-hmm. Tim Tibbs is coming home. Dude, the tickets for the Bulls now are shaping up. I remember a couple of years ago trying oh. to get a ticket to a Bulls game, fucking impossible. So expensive, like when the when the D Rose Bowls, oh, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah, like yeah. the the Paul Gasol years and shit. Mm-hmm. 
those tickets were skyrocketing. I think we're going to get back to that. Yeah. Yep. Rocking. I'm sure we will. Good bowl stuff. Uh, okay, roundup. Cubs just hired an assistant GM that I like a lot. I'm just going to be quick on this. This is the guy who built out the Los Angeles Dodgers research and development team in 2015. He was on the ground floor, one of their first hires. The guy who ran the team, so they have like a, a an eight-man team, so the guy who was in charge of that then recommended him to the Astros. He went over to the Astros, ran their strategic analysis department, was the number one guy there on like all the computers. So the Cubs just hired him as an assistant GM. To me, it seems like a guy with absolutely no baseball skills, people skills, or any of this shit, but he's so fucking good at coming yep. up with numbers and projections and game plan. So he's been in Major League Baseball now six years. He's an Illinois guy, PhD Oh, yeah, guy. I saw that. I saw yeah, that. so yeah, I, yeah. It's, it's, it's a big sign for the Cubs because they haven't really named someone like this in a big leadership capacity. They're bringing this guy in as an assistant GM, and this is like a huge, huge thing the Cubs needed to do to get their infrastructure going, to get pitching going, get the, the minor league systems kind of figured out. So I'm still backing away and saying – it's not going to be another two off seasons before we're in the free agency trying to get pieces and compete and stuff like that. But like it's starting to take shape. It's going to be a much quicker rebuild. And the last part on that, Theo Epstein, it wasn't until his fourth off season that he made a major free agent signing. Four hmm. off seasons. So this is kind of to me is like a, the the slate has been wiped clean. This is kind of Jed Hoyer's first off season with a new new kind of core and, and resources and shit. So just be fucking patient. But the guy they just hired is legit. So. I had to say that. Make you feel better about Carter? Yeah, because Carter now, Carter's like, bro, just do the pitching and be more on the big league level and stuff. Like, this guy really, hopefully they complement each other well. That's good. Yeah, that's – like, I, I legitimately am encouraged for the Cubs to make these decisions, and I think it sets us up much better than, yeah, this guy worked with Jed in San Diego. This guy's friends with Theo. Like, get some fucking fresh faces in there and yeah. shit, so mm-hmm. – that's all I got, guys. I mean, honestly, it's been a loaded show. We got a lot of stuff going on. These aren't the exact most positive fucking days here, but we're going to keep grinding through them, see as much red as we can. Oh, Illinois, fucking over Penn State. We'll talk oh, more about this one. on Thursday. Yeah. We'll talk more Perfect. about the college football slate mm-hmm. on Thursday, but that's obviously huge. Perfect. All gas? No breaks. DJ, play that shit.